is another great episode of More Important Issues. Can't wait to get this one going. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I told you, Landon, I, you know, we, well, we, we've been talking about it since Josh Heupel has been the head coach. Um, I, I'm not going to get overhyped this year. It's not going to happen. We're going to let games get played. We're not making any rash decisions, but I watched a seven-minute clip that Inky Johnson um, narrated, and uh, I, I'm all in. I'm all in. That's it. I'm sold. Like there's nothing. Nine wins, right? Nine wins. That was episode one, and they're gonna do it what weekly? I'm. I, that's it. You got me. What's it called? The juice. The juice. I think. I think it's just. I mean, I hope they like expand it a little bit more. Um, like go beyond just like it's clearly um, you know a a PR thing. Like they're trying. You know, like and I get that. Your VFL films. It's got to kind of be part of it. But I hope they expand beyond that and and almost make it like a a docu-series type deal. Like I hope they follow along spring practice and they interview players and like, you know, obviously it can't be as um, dramatic as something like last chance you or QB one, you know, where they like, they get you to say stuff that you're probably going to regret later on. Right. I mean, you can, you can get the thoughts, you know, from players and, and, and stuff throughout um, a, a week. And so I think it'd be interesting. I think it would add, you know, I mean, it's just, everyone loves an inside look. So I think it'd be really cool. And, and Inky Johnson narrating, it honestly kind of sounds like, um, Oh God, who did he sound like? I can't even remember now. I'm going to have to send the clip to you later. I I'll find it. I'll send it out to you guys. We'll, we'll all work together and collab for this. Is it bad? The first thing I thought about when I saw that, I was like, Oh, they're going to like put everything out in the open just so there's no surprises. If the NCAA <laughs> comes not. <laughs> They're like we're not paying players. We videotaped every single thing this yeah, kids did. This documented. <laughs> yeah, that's actually what it is. The NCAA required it. They're like, oh, we might as well have Inky narrated if we have to do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, we are talking about spring practice. It is um, uh, first off, spring is on the hot seat. I'll get into that later. Holy balls! It's going to be cold the next couple nights. But we're talking Yo, spring what? practice. It was like red, what, eighty winter, degrees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That storm like brought in. That hailstorm brought in hellacious cold um and y'all y'all didn't get hail in knoxville did you uh they said it was going to but it didn't i don't know if it was just the scare that everyone everywhere else got it so we're like holy crap <laughs> put your cars in the garage yeah at least you have a garage i just i'm in an apartment and with liability insurance it's fun being poor guys you should try mm. it <laughs> uh we're also go to the local sonic and park under the awning <laughs> yeah that's that's what i should have done um, <laughs> we're going to talk about some of the uh, basketball transfer portal. Tennessee players are on the move. Hopefully Tennessee's making the move for some guys. So we'll, we'll talk all about that. Um, baseball had a, had a good win over Western Carolina last night. Um, how many home runs is Evan Russell going to hit this season? Well, he's had four in the last three games. So, uh, <laughs> just keep them coming. Yeah. No I mean, one's complaining here. Yeah. So I think that. he has five now. So yeah, okay. he's, he's second on the team. Okay. And hopefully uh, add, add into that uh, starting this Friday in Tuscaloosa. We'll also talk about that series as the, the Vols head to Alabama. Um, we're going to discuss a little bit of the Final Four, some more March Madness. I'm going to be 100% honest. I've only watched, uh, I only watched, I guess, two games of the Elite Eight because I, I didn't watch the two 9 o'clock games. I refuse. I'm not giving the NCAA any more reason to do that next year like I know they're going to do because apparently the ratings are really good. So. Yeah, I was exhausted last night, so screw you, NCAA. Yeah, and I thought I had a better chance of hitting that teaser if I went to bed. If I'd watched the game – so I'm sorry for you. If I'd watched the game, Michigan probably would have won. And big. 
I mean, that's like I just need them to win. If they won by a point, I won money. I would have went to bed happy, got up and had a great day. But it just ruined my whole night. It's done. I didn't have a great day. Yeah. Uh, and then we're talking about the big NCAA talk- topic today. That's uh, players getting paid. Or in general, I just want to talk about how shitty the NCAA is. Like they suck, and I, I want to talk about that for the um, nine o'clock game, for the nine fifty-seven games, and this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's um, a long so, list. Right, and I, I did want to talk about that. Oh my god, I just saw where Chris hopped in. Welcome, Chris. And I meant to prepare something for him. I was going to trash talk him. I'll do it on the fly later. I, I got to teach you something so that we can trash talk Chris together. Um. So okay. I found out today he's a Tottenham fan, and that's unfortunate news. So. Um, yeah, Chris. How about that? <laughs> I don't even like. I have no clue about soccer, but yeah, <laughs> take that. Yeah, well, you're going to become an Arsenal fan today, so just. Oh, gonna... I am an Arsenal fan. Oh, perfect, <laughs> perfect. He's a gooner. Um, guys, drop your questions in the chat. We'll get to them throughout the show. If we don't get to them immediately, stay with us. Um, drop them in there. Tell us where you're listening from, and uh, we'd love to. We we love our listeners, no matter if they're in uh, Georgia, Chris. <laughs> and go check out our sponsors tennessee tap house hound dogs and blue water climate control also go check out our network volunteer roadshow do a great job of making this show possible as well as our sponsors so let's get into it let's get it i'll see you guys on the other side let's get the show going balls are back yeah they had us the first half i'm not gonna lie Oh, could be Wayne! I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh! I love it, baby! Them orange britches! Something about them orange britches! Tennessee wins! by Tennessee, Jawan Jennings! Jennings makes the catch it! I made up my mind, and I don't expect to ever look back. I'm going to stay at the University of Tennessee. Yeah! Read it, dit to do, and welcome into more important issues. It is Wednesday, March 31st. I know we talked about it a second ago, but I, I need to make it clear. I, I, you could make one cool Tennessee shirt. You could make one cool Tennessee graphic. You could put someone better than Butch Jones on the Jumbotron. And, and I could talk myself into 10 wins. Easy. Um, that's the kind of Tennessee fan I am. Uh, so watching that one episode of the of the Juice, um, I'm juiced. I, I'm ready to go. I'm ten, the, Give the me balls, the juice. <laughs> the balls are back, baby. Um, yeah, it doesn't take much. It, it doesn't. And, and I'm here. And uh, you're right, Chris. I, I came in ready to talk trash, but this is a safe judgment free space because I watch the juice now. So I won't talk trash about the Spurs today. I won't do it. They should have named it like Kool Aiders. Like, we're drinking the Kool Aid. Like, that's what we're I'm definitely, do. <laughs> I'm definitely drinking the Kool Aid. Bought in 100%. I mean, I told, I had myself like Sunday, just a couple days ago. I said, I'm not getting pumped about spring practice. And here I am. Um, I watched quarterbacks make a couple decent throws. A um, couple of good catches in that sequence. Guys are flying around. I'm in. 100% I'm in. You don't have to do anything else. Yeah, people scored some touchdowns, so that's new. <laughs> there were touchdowns. <laughs> that's new for us. Um, yeah, I think I think there is a little bit of excitement in the air. Um, I guess excited just to have something new. For sure. Um, because 
God, last year was terrible. But I am super stoked to be able to tailgate this this season. Yeah, I, I am excited. I, I think now, especially since I, I'm so pumped about this about spring ball. Um, and I, you know, I, I mentioned it on Sunday. I'd really like to go to the the spring game um, this year, just because I, I mean, normally I'm not saying I don't normally want to go. It's just it's not necessarily like I put on my calendar mm-hmm. um, because it's they usually make it really uninteresting. They could they could go out there and, and um, just talk about football for the spring game. And, and I'd want to be in. I just want to be in Neyland. I, that's it. Well, the good thing is, like, with our offense that we're running, if, you know, we play, like, an hour and a half, we're going to run 8,000 plays in that hour and a half. Yeah, no, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. You're going to see a lot of football. It's, it's yeah. bad. I think in Jalen McCullough's words, um, he's got them boys going fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'd, I'll definitely try to be there. If, if I'm there, I'd like to make a day of it and, and tailgate, because why not? Got to get loose. Um, you got to, you know, got to keep keep some grease on the, on the you know, on the um, – joints here and, and try to stay uh, stay in that mindset for the fall going into the fall with uh, hopefully uh, you know not too much tweaking to do to get ready nine wins nine nine <laughs> wins that's it I you know and, and there's really I feel like all and, and honestly before I, I watched the juice I came in here ready to be like super negative about spring practice because there's nothing and you knew that's the thing about that's what sucks about spring practice at a place like Tennessee like anywhere that's covered heavily like Tennessee any SEC school, Texas, like nothing, you, nothing good happens at spring practice. You only find out that like you're really thin at linebacker. Um, you only find out like injuries or that guys left the team. Like, no, you're not, unless you've just got really, really like uh, um, drinking the Kool-Aid beat reporters, no one leaves spring practice like, oh, I feel really good about this. Yeah, I remember – when it was Jalen Hurd's freshman year, because he was an early enrollee, so he went through spring practice, mm-hmm. and someone said Jalen Hurd's going to be the the first Heisman winner at Tennessee, and everybody was bought in. And then he scored, like, what, three touchdowns in the spring game? And you're like, holy crap. And then look what happened. You know, Tennessee just happened to him. But, okay. I mean, I'm not saying he would have won a Heisman, but he would have had Tennessee's rushing record if he had stayed and played running back. Right, and yeah, he, and he like, didn't need to play. Everything in the lined up either. for that to almost happen, right? But it just didn't. Well, and someone told me he had to run. He could only run in a in an off formation. Um, yeah, the no. He almost held the rushing record, so like it's fine. But whatever, and not like I'm not talking about a rushing record that was like you know only existed for like two years uh, at a new program or something. Right. Um, so yeah, no, that was very dumb, but. Okay, I mean, I guess you're right. So sometimes players come in, you get really excited. But I feel like it's rare. I feel like, I feel like to really be excited about your team, you got to talk yourself into it. Well, then the most like hyped player, if you will, is suspended. So yeah. the player yeah. everybody was looking forward to seeing, um, you know, he's not with the program. Hey, who's who's McDermott? Speaking of hype. Sully, who is it? Sully. Is that his name? Yeah. I was kind of hoping maybe we got Dougie Buck- Buckets on our team, but yeah, I'll, I'll settle. Big Sully. Like <laughs> I've from, never uh, heard Monsters Inc. So is that his name, Sully? I'm so confused now. You've got me. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, okay. All right, all right. <laughs> is he a walk on? I've never seen him. I think he's a preferred walk on, yeah. Okay. I, I didn't know who he was. I, I saw him in the video. Someone asked about the juice. Is it only going to cover offense or is it? Uh, surely it's going to cover the whole team, right? Like, Surely it's not just covering the offense. 
it's too fast to just cover. Like our offense is too fast. Fair. Because I mean, someone mentioned it. Like I saw someone tweet back. They're like, "I'm glad to see someone coaching quarterbacks." I was like, "Guys, he's a he's an offensive guy. He's a quarterback guy." I mean, I hope there's coaching going on on the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but in fairness, you probably wouldn't want Jeremy Pruitt coaching your quarterbacks. <laughs> That's a good point. That Landon <laughs> raises a good point. Landon raises a good point. Um, let's let's dive into spring practice. I don't, I don't know where you want to start. Um, I don't know if you want to go go good since we're hyped up, um, and then bring bring down the, the the mood maybe a little bit later. I've got a, I've got some spin zones though, so I'm, I'm excited to get into that. Okay, talk about depth. Yeah, so, the spin button. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, try to try to churn this in the right direction. But um, I mean, we can kind of. I mean, I, where do you want to start? Because the world is our oyster. We don't have to. So I think they they hit the practice field Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday this week. Um, so I'll start with the schedule. Full pads. Full pads. We are in full pads, so uh, that's good. I mean, like like you mentioned earlier, like the only really takeaway so far is like we go fast on offense. <laughs> D Beckwith is massive, and uh, we're really thin at line. At linebacker, hey, they look like they're having fun. Uh, you know, it's probably <laughs> VFL Films doing a good job of getting the right stuff in there. But hey, at least they're flying they're around. To do. Yeah, at least they're flying around, and and it, it it looks like they're enjoying themselves. Yeah, it's going back to that PR thing. I told Jeremy Pruitt before he got fired. I was like, dude, you need a PR guy. Um, <laughs> so it's good that they're they're taking that kind of serious um, with this staff. Yeah, I mean, I, hopefully that the fun doesn't fade. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see there. Hey, if you can get guys smiling in full pads, it's good. Well, I'll take that back. Today was the first day in full pads, right? Yesterday was, yeah. Yesterday. Okay. Um, so it, let's, let's, let's check back in like two weeks. And if they're mm-hmm. still having fun in full pads, that's good news. Cause the first day in full pads, everyone's ready. Yeah. Every, like at first day in full pads, you're back, baby. Because you, know, you, you don't really hit the first day anyway. <laughs> True. Yeah, you do a little bit. You, you're right. They there's always that that one drill. It's you know the kind of it, the new, it's a little yeah a little little popper. The new Oklahoma drill where you, mm-hmm. you you're you're hitting each other, but it's not just murdering each other. Um, but yeah, yeah. it's exactly. Um, so first day is always fun. Let's check back in two weeks. If they're still having fun. I'll uh, I'll be even more juiced. Yeah. Then we, then we go uh, ten wins, right? Ten. Yeah, we'll go from nine to ten easily. <laughs> Um, let's start with the quarterbacks. I don't know where you want to start. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll steal it and, and we'll go quarterbacks. Um, I know you asked me last, uh, I think it was Sunday. You, you asked me who, who's probably going to be the starter. I mentioned Hendon Hooker. Um, you know, I thought just everything I know right now about the quarterbacks on campus feels like that, that may be the guy. Um, anything, maybe you feel differently, um, like, I mean, where does, I know we, we talked a little bit about Brian Maurer. I saw, uh, um, I saw him thrown out around on Twitter today, uh, as an under the radar guy that, that could be your guy. Yeah. Um, I'd have to see that to believe it, honestly. Um, I, I think Hooker and, and Harrison Bailey will be your top two guys. Um, and it, from there, I, I don't really have a, I, I believe it would be Hendon Hooker just because of the skill set and mm-hmm. what he brings as a as a runner to this offense. Um, but I think if you're going with a a guy that that you're just comfortable with, would probably be just Harrison Bailey. Um, I, I think one of those two. I think Caden Salter maybe had 
a chance going into the spring. He'd have to have a good spring, but now like, you know, you've kind of damaged that rela- that relationship with the coaching staff already. You're missing spring. Um, you're young. Uh, you don't have the experience that these other guys have. I think it's going to be tough for him to um, really have a shot of being the guy day one. I'll, I'll counter that to the, the you know, how he got off to a bad, you know, bad start with the, the staff. If he's still around after all that, I, I think the staff has got to, you know, if you're, if you look at that guy, you didn't recruit him. You, you know, you have not much skin in the game as far as it goes with him. If something like that happens and you know he's not the guy and you need someone valuable in that scholarship space, what are you doing if you're the coach? Yeah. I, I, so I'll, I'll, then again, I'll, you, you got to get rid of all of them if you do that. Uh, uh, maybe just because you're the new guy, but you know, you're also, you're, you're talking about a, a young guy who just got on campus. Um, and, and it definitely, you know, I think, you, you don't even necessarily have to tell them to leave. You can just be like, hey, we might need to find a – you know, right now might be the best time for you to find a spot that fits you better, if that was the case. So, I, mean, I just mean, if he's still around, and he – I mean, seems like he's going to be. Nothing right now would lead me to believe he's gone for good. Um, you know, I think maybe it's something the coaching staff will uh, – they they kept him around for a reason, um, I think, in terms of – obviously, he's a four-star guy, but you didn't recruit him. Um, he's not technically yours, in ter- you know, when you think about it in that – that sense of it. Um, so, I mean, I think Caden Salter still has a re- you know, I'm, I'm in the same boat of like, Hey, that's not a great way to, to start your relationship, right. but I don't know how, I don't know how much it, it knocks you back because I mean, Josh Hype is getting paid a lot of money. He yeah. Gets, he does get paid more if he loses, but the man, I, I would, we joke about how much Tennessee, you know, coaches get paid when they lose, but I, at that level, you want to win, and you'll they right. win at all costs. I mean, Jamie Pruitt was handing out thousands of dollars to win. Yeah, and still did. <laughs> and still did. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just think it it puts him. I think he needed spring practice. Oh, to, it sets you. It sets you back. So I mean, it, if he comes in, I think he has to be head and shoulders better than every other guy to really have a shot. Right. Right. And, and, you know, and then another advantage, uh, Hendon Hooker would have the same advantage Caden Salter has. Um, this is the first staff at Tennessee you're, you're playing with. Um, mm-hmm. You're not necessarily having to relearn anything in the sense. I mean, obviously they're having to learn. Uh, but I mean, it, I don't know. So I, I think sometimes when, you, when you're in a place and then things come in and change, it's a little bit harder than like going somewhere when you know things are about to change. Like yeah. Hendon Hooker and Caden Salter came here knowing they would have to learn something new. Mm-hmm. It was kind of just sprung on Harrison Bailey and Brown Mauer. Yeah, like like you mentioned, you know, none of those – this staff isn't tied to any of these guys. Um, they didn't bring any single one of these. They might be more tied to Brian Mauer than anybody else because they recruited Brian Mauer yeah. at UCF. And that's one of the things that's been kind of raised today um, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just have a hard time believing, like, he would be your, your best option to win. But apparently none of us know. <laughs> Who, who gives us the best chance to win? Um, right. Chris, Chris said, said I, think, no, you got it. I think all those quarterbacks need the spring practice. I agree, just because a new offense, um, you know, it, it is a more complex offense um, than they were used to. So, yeah, I think that really puts him behind. You know, if it was a defensive lineman <laughs> and not really going through spring practice, I, I think you have a better shot of 
you know, getting on the field, you know, when, when fall camp comes around, I don't think it's that complex of being the most important position on the field in a complex offense. I, I think Caden Salter would really have a hard time seeing the field. And how long, I mean, how long is he out? Does the man come back, you know, next week? Is it, have they, have they said how long he's suspended? That's a good question. I mean, if he's back tomorrow, then yeah, it, it doesn't Things hurt him. But if he's, uh, if he's out, you know, pretty much all of spring, then yeah, I think it puts it on Oh, if he's out all of spring, I mean, I think you could almost count him out. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, what Chris mentioned, all these quarterbacks needed it. Harrison Bailey didn't, obviously didn't get enough reps. Um, I mean, he just, if you were starting the guy you started over him, it's because you weren't giving Harrison Bailey a chance. Like, let's mm-hmm. just be honest. Um, so he wasn't getting the reps uh, he really needed to develop. So this spring should be big for him. Brian Maurer battled injury a lot last year. Um, mixed with being behind guys that were just better than him and, and Shrout and uh, Bailey and allegedly, if you if you want to say JG, um, he's JG's older than him. That's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I mean, he yeah, he needs the spring. He's he's getting back from some some health issues, and then obviously Hooker and Salter coming in, and uh, hey, uh, Dougie Dougie McDermott's um, coming in. Sorry, Sully McDermott's uh, <laughs> uh, coming in. Uh, yeah, then they. Spring's going to be big for all of them. It's it's good that the whole QB room is healthy. I mean, obviously, you want Caden Salter to be back from suspension, but at least he's available. Like, they're all healthy. There's no one sitting out that you would like to have there. They're, they're all, besides Caden Salter, they're all there. Yeah, and kind of moving on from quarterbacks a little bit, you, you do miss one guy that we've kind of talked about being important to this defense is Jeremy Banks. Um, yes. Had a little cleanup surgery. Uh, in the off season, and so is, um, I think, a limited participant or ho- hopes to be back soon. They don't know when exactly. Um, I think he's supposed to get cleared. He, he has to be cleared by the UT medical staff and uh, Josh Heupel before he can come back. That's a guy like – Josh Heupel, is he a medicine guy? Is he treating these guys? What's going on? I get Yeah, sure. Yes. Yeah. So you get the final medical say? That's, he stands he gets okay. a stamp of approval. All right. Executive um, order. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Got to have a head guy. Um, but I, I think him having the – and it's not a lot of experience at linebacker because, you know, he didn't he didn't start last year. And, you know, when he was in the game, it, it wasn't a great sight to see. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it's a guy you definitely – you desperately needed on the field this spring to – to really solidify himself as a starter and with the lack of depth you have at that position. And he should be a leader this, this, this year too. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely needed that, that presence on the field. Um, not saying it's necessarily a great thing, but as far as what you you, you have and what you need, Jeremy Banks is going to be that guy. So um, definitely creates some, uh, some depth issues, um, which is the biggest question at linebacker um, is depth. Uh, I mean, I guess the news from, Yesterday was uh, Will Albright being uh, – Will Albright, who's a long snapper, came to Tennessee to be a long snapper, is uh, taking reps at linebacker. Yeah, um, and they – I think they asked uh, Tim Banks in the press conference about that, and he was just like, you know, we're trying to build depth. And, you know, I agree, but when, when you're pulling a long snapper to, to be a – and nothing gets Will Albright. Um but to pull a long snapper to just add depth to, to linebacker is not 
exactly where I, you want to be? No, you're. It's not. But this is my spin zone. This is my spin zone. Will Albright's not your classic long snapper. He's not. No, we're he, talking he, about a two or three time state champion linebacker. Seventy tackles his senior year. Several tackles for a loss. Some fumble recoveries. He's not a guy who who uh, who's only in on the on the defense. This guy's playing. This guy's a. I mean, yeah, we we can talk about. I think he was recruited to one of the academies to be a linebacker. Um, okay. I believe, and chose to long snap at Tennessee. That that may not be false. I may have just lied. So, um, <laughs> just padding the resume, Caleb. I like it. <laughs> yeah, no spin zone. You got to lie a little bit. I mean, just just like VFL films. Um, you, you gotta. But hey, I'm just saying, there could be worse options at long snapper than yeah. like. I, I don't know the credentials of former Tennessee long snappers, but I don't know if they all have the credentials that, that Will Albright does. So, yeah, maybe not the best option, but he's not the worst. Right. Yeah, I just don't know, like, like now with everybody out, you know, you don't have Crouch. Toto's not here. Banks isn't there. You have Aaron Beasley, who was at running back and then DB and then linebacker. You have Morvin Joseph, who played. Um, you know, that outside linebacker last season, and he's moved. You have Martavius French, who's part of that group that's, you know, currently not with the program. Aaron Willis comes in as a, a freshman. He's currently not with the program either. Um, then you have walk-ons like, you know, Will Albright, Sloan Page, and uh, Enrique Valentine, who I think went to Central. So, not where you want to be. I mean, that's paper thin at linebacker. I, I don't think – they can't afford somebody to get hurt in that linebacker room. No, they they definitely cannot. Um, yeah, that it's. <clears throat> it, it's a, like, how does that happen? It's a mess. Well, I mean, it doesn't help that half of your linebackers left. I mean, that yeah, that's true. And that's like where I, I get pissed at the. Uh, and that's the thing I do think the NCAA needs to change. I'm all for like a one-time transfer rule of like you know, whatever you go and, and we'll get into the, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that when we talk about um, what's going on at the Supreme court right now with the NCAA, but you got to open it. Like Tennessee has to be able to go out and fill those needs. Like it's, yeah. it, especially after a coach leaves and then half of them go with him. Like you, you can't expect them to fill all the needs while on, on, tw- on a 25 limit. It's not possible. Right. So that's just incredibly dumb, but yeah, yeah that that's you know the transfer rule the the rich get richer because you know they they might lose a guy or two that weren't really playing and they can just replace them with guys that are leaving programs that were good. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean freaking Oklahoma, like good. Yeah, God. they. I mean they just literally handpick their transfers. Tran- transfer transfer portal U. Transfer portal U. Yeah. Um, Chris asked. But, so with all but, the they, offense, but they can't do it in conference, though. No, no. Um, so with all those offensive players moving on, Gray, Morris, Chandler, et cetera, should we be excited or worried was the end of that. Um, I mean, it's definitely not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I think it, I'm excited about our offense. Yeah, I think the offense will be, be explosive. I think there's plenty. Of, I think there's talent left on the offensive side of the ball. But, yeah, I mean, you did lose. Yeah, you lost – two of your best players in Eric Gray and Ty Chandler on your offense last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously losing a leader and a player like Trey Smith's going to, you know, going to hurt. 
Um, losing Wanya Morris is not fun to the transfer portal. You thankfully, like you said, thankfully it wasn't in conference. Yeah. You lose Josh Palmer to graduation. Yeah. I mean, it's not good when you lose those guys, but I still think there's plenty of um, explosive playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I just, that linebacker, that linebacker group, man, I mean, thin. apparently Tyler Barron is getting some looks at linebacker. I read that somewhere. Like, like, so, like inside linebacker? It just said linebacker. I don't I, – I assume because he would be probably an outside linebacker anyway. Right, right. Um, but that would – because he's huge. He's like, what, 6'6"? Six, six? I mean, he's more of a um, – he's an edge rusher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, that's definitely interesting. Uh, speaking of linebacker, uh, Chad Brown said that Valentine can play a linebacker if he gets some reps. He said he was a stud at Knox Central under Brian Rosser and Nick Craney. Hey, I'm a – I can't say that. I almost said it. So I, I am a Brian Rosser guy, big fan. Big yeah. fan of Brian Rosser. I mean, if you have any eligibility, you can have a <laughs> chance at linebacker. So, oh, do they have a uh, – Invincible style trial for linebacker. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, um, we get a Rudy. Why am I blanking on his name? The actor's name. Oh, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Why is Mark, where's, can Mark Wahlberg play linebacker or is he exclusively a wide receiver? He's gotten bigger since, since the Invincible. He just needs a little bit bigger pads and he can be a linebacker. Well, he's, he's gotten bigger since Invincible. He was in his slimmer day. He was coming, he was coming from Marky Mark. At that point, yeah, he did that. Um, that like bodybuilder movie, yeah, pain and is it pain and gain? I have no idea. You got me there. I think that's right. I could be totally wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, recruit him, no problem. Yeah, uh, anything else? You got some eligibility left, right? I've got a couple years. Um, you know, the only thing with me playing linebacker is, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty aggressive. Um, so yeah. I'm not great in the pass defense because I'm so aggressive. So you'd lose a lot there. Okay. Yeah, I, I'd plug some holes. Don't worry about it. You'd get after a quarterback. I'm in. I'm going to be in the backfield. Don't worry. <laughs> Some Don't worry about it. Yeah, he might be like way past the quarterback, but I'm going to be in the backfield. <laughs> way back there. Listen, hey, I, I love getting in the box. Don't let me get in the box. That's some gutter, trouble, man. That's some trouble. Don't let me get in the box. All right. Oh man. Anything anything else about uh any notes you want to mention about spring practice? Dude, who's gonna be our starting running back? Tom Evans is limited right now. Jalen Hyde's limited. I just want to mention that. He's not a running back, but <laughs> um, yeah, who's gonna be our uh starting running back? The running back, y'all. I mean, I gotta assume it's Jabari Small or D Beckwith then. Yeah, I think Jabari Small would probably but you saw Jalen Wright take one for six. I don't know what team was that, but hey, he <laughs> went for six. You go to the right end zone if you don't know what team it was. <laughs> Pull one of those. I, I don't know. I mean second or third team. I, I gotta I mean I gotta think it I gotta think it's probably I mean, just based off to like history of, of position they play, I gotta think Jabari Small. Um, but I mean, D Beckwith also, I mean, the fact that they haven't moved D Beckwith makes me think he has a legitimate chance to play running back. So 
here's my thought process about linebacker. And I just thought of this, so I'm going to share. Okay. It. All right, go. We put Jalen McCullough, who's you know struggled in the passing game last year. You put him at linebacker. He likes to hit. He likes to plug holes, like you said. He he hits. Yeah, he definitely hits. And then you know put Theo Jackson or whoever else back in his spot. Jalen Reese Maben was a, a free safety in high school and then played linebacker in college, which is a weird transition. It's normally the other way around. Yeah. Or Danico Slaughter likes to hit. I mean, I think you're just saying that because his last name. I think he definitely likes to hit. <laughs> I've seen his highlight tape. <laughs> Huddle doesn't lie, Caleb. Huddle never lies. <laughs> never. Oh, uh, it's just, it, it's, it's paper thin. We'll see if they get it figured out. Um, MM mentioned linebackers are thin, but I'm hoping Garner can get the line looking good. We've got some size and experience there. Yeah. I would say the defensive line is, um, they, they have some opportunity there. I'll say that. Cover up the weakness, baby. Yeah. I think, I think the defensive line has some opportunity to, to be a pretty, uh, I mean, it, it's not going to be hard to be the best unit on defense this year, but I, I would think right now, <laughs> I would think right now the the defensive line has the best opportunity to be the best unit. Absolutely, got the best coach. They got the best coach. Um, they got a couple guys returning, so we'll we'll see. They have bodies. <laughs> they, they have, they have bodies. people there. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Um, okay. Anything else about spring practice? Are we ready to move on to basketball? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's get it. Let's do it. Let's talk uh, basketball. Guys hitting the transfer portal. Or will guys be coming in? That's to be determined. Um, right now, Tennessee's taking up uh, about 50% of the transfer portal, though. Um, no, nah, that's not true. I lied. But uh, the guys are leaving, too. I, I, I just kind of assume transfer portal. I feel like that's the common thing to, to mention. But uh, Jaden Springer actually already announced that he's going to go to the NBA. He's hiring a, an agent, so he's gone. Done. Um, no doubt. Don't blame him. Um uh, I mean, I got I got to think um, Keon Johnson is, will be following him soon, but he, that's not been announced yet. So keeping that that Twitter kid's hopes alive. Yep. Keeping Just his hopes him. alive. <laughs> um, and then also uh, in the transfer portal, Drew Pember, uh, Devontae Gaines, and I'm leaving someone out. Get me. Who am I leaving out? That's it, right? Is that it? I think it's someone, it right now. Okay. I was thinking someone else went in the same day as Gaines. Was it Pember? It was Pim- yeah, Pember. It was Pember? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so those those three guys leaving, um, they have pretty much been replaced already, though. I'll say that. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they weren't getting – I just water. mean their scholarships. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Both those – you know, Kennedy Chandler and Jamal Meshack will take two of those. Um, yeah. And then whoever they get in the transfer portal, and, and you got to see who's coming back. You know, John Fulkerson has the opportunity to come back. Pons, I, I'd say, is gone. Right. Uh, Keon is probably gone. Um, and then, does Tennessee have any more transfers? Um, I've heard Corey Walker's name kind of get thrown out there a little bit. I can't blame the guy because you were terrible in the post, and he didn't even get an opportunity. So, right. Um, in and, a year, in a year that didn't count. Like, it, it, if you wanted to redshirt him, that's one thing. I'm not saying I, I would agree with it still, but that's one thing. But it just didn't count, and you could have played him. You could have given him free minutes, and you didn't. Right. Yep. And you know, Devontae Games and Drew Pember. I'm not surprised by either one of them. No. Um, you know, I, I just don't think 
if they wanted to be a role player on this team down the line, yeah, maybe they could have been. Um, but that's, you know, if you want to, you know, play a lot of minutes in, in college, you know, you're they're probably going to have to go down right. to, you know, maybe ETSU, MTSU, something like that, kind of that level they'd probably be okay in. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I I do too, and and I think um, you know it's one of those situations. I think both of them can be really successful at, at one of those lower programs. Um, you know, smaller Division One, uh, especially uh, Devontae Gaines, and, and I think Devontae Gaines is a great player. And I think, and you know, I think even the right, I just think there's too much offensive talent on this team. I think a lot. I mean, a lot of fans are going to lie to you, but I think a lot of fans would have been upset if he was taking minutes away. Yeah, yeah. I I mean. Like I, both of them mentioned, like they loved Vault Nation, and you know I, I don't think they're mistreated at all while they're here. I just think it, it's based, you know, they weren't getting to play. Right. Because every time either one of them did anything, the the whole arena went nuts. Right. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting one. Uh, I hope John Fulkerson don't come back as a starter. That's the only time Tennessee was good was when John Fulgerson played well. Um, and then they mentioned the guy out of Eastern Carolina. Who is that? Uh, Jaden Gardner. Yeah. Um, he averaged almost a double-double. I think it was 16 points, eight and a half rebounds yeah, per game. 18.3 points per game and 8.3 rebounds yeah. per game. So so averaged almost a double-double. That would obviously be a, a good pickup for Tennessee. Um, don't know you know how realistic that is for, for Tennessee to get him. Um but I have seen his name mentioned since he entered the transfer portal. I mean, I just – I listen, John Fulkerson, it's fun to laugh at how he plays because he plays like a baby deer. Um, I mean, just falling around. And it, it was even funnier when he kind of looked like a baby deer too. But, I mean, the fact is Tennessee ticked when he was on. Yeah. Um, when he was out, I still thought Tennessee had the talent to beat Oregon State, but I knew it was less likely when you didn't have John Fulkerson. Um, so I, I don't know how you don't take I don't know how you don't take him with arms open wide for another year, um, regardless of you know whether he's not he wasn't the most talented player on this team. Um, he probably wasn't the most talented player on the team the year the, the team the year before when he was the best player. Um, he just gets your team going for whatever reason. It's it's John Fulkerson. Yeah, and he's an effort guy. So if you have a guy that can you know beat somebody off the dribble, get to the rim. If he misses, I think John Fulkerson's there to clean it up. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's kind of how he plays. Second chance points, um, good position and things like that. It, it just makes opposing teams, you know, it just gives them hell. Um, because, you know, like you mentioned, he plays like a baby deer. He's out of control. Um, you know, he's scrawny and bony. And, you know, I'm sure that gets super annoying in a game. But, you know, the, the talent is there. Right. Um, you know, I just don't think he had maybe the the right players around him. I don't want to say he doesn't have players around him because that's not true, but the right players maybe for his skill set. I just, I mean, I just don't think he played great this season. And, and yeah, I that's think, it. And I mean, I, I think that could could be a factor of re, you know a number of reasons. But when he played well, Tennessee played well. Um, so again, I just don't know how you don't take him with arms open wide. Um, I, I was gonna, I don't remember what else I mentioned, but uh, oh, oh. So we talked about the players leaving. Um, any other players you want to mention that maybe Tennessee uh, could be looking at in the transfer portal that you want to keep an eye on, want to mention? Um, well, Jaden Garner, I mean, I'll go back to EJ Anasicki. When, when we got EJ Anasicki, we thought, you know, he, he could be successful on this team. 
you know, similar to Grant Williams. We didn't think he was going to be Grant Williams. We thought, you know, similar body type, um, rebounds, things like that. He played similar. He he moved people around in the paint. Yeah, and and I just think from Sacred Heart to Tennessee, it was just a huge jump, and, you know, it just didn't work. So I'd be surprised if he's back next year. Um, He's already announced he's returning, unless something changes. Gotcha. He announced that like mid – well, did he say exactly he was returning? I think he said he was returning. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but Jaden Garner, um, out of, out of ECU, you know, I don't want you to put Jaden Garner in the same category as, you know, Sacred Heart and ECU because Memphis, Houston, Tulane, Cincinnati, UCF, you know, those are decent programs. Yeah. It's Mm. not the SEC or the big 12 or things like that, but, um, you know, it's a lot better than, you know, the, schedule Sacred Heart played with. And he averaged 18 and 8 um, against Cincinnati, who Tennessee played this year. He had 23 points, four rebounds. Um, he had a 23-point game, non-rebound uh, performance against Memphis. And Houston, who's in the Final Four, he had 21 points and 15 rebounds and four assists against them. Um, so I think the kid can play. Um, if yep. you're able to lock him down, I think that really helps out. I think he's six seven. So anybody that can shoot, or has any bit of size can rebound. I think Tennessee is going to do their due, dil- due diligence. There you go, um, and give him a call and see if you know it, it's the right fit. Because um, I, I think Tennessee needs a lot of help mm-hmm. in the paint and shooting wise. Yeah, no, for sure. Ten- Tennessee can use um, all the help they can get. Uh, Chris asked, "Do you think?" Do you feel like Barnes is mismanaging the talent on this team? Uh, I guess really, did he mismanage the talent? It's hard to argue he didn't. Um, I mean, just look at the talent on the team. And, I mean, is there – let me ask you this. Do you, If I said who's our best five, could you, could you like confidently say, yeah, that was Tennessee's best five on the court? Like when, when Tennessee had them on the court, they were at their best this year. I mean, you definitely say the two freshmen. Um, right. I mean, yeah. And Pons and Fulgerson. But that that's all you really had down low. So, <laughs> I mean, it was kind of by default. Um, you know, maybe Viscovi. Yeah. And it's hard to even throw in a number five. I mean, you, you were kind of unsure about three and four. Um, but it's hard to even find a number five. I just don't know if – if you could confidently lay out a, a strong starting five, and you're talking about two guys, you knew two guys were on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Pons and Fulgerson should have both I mean, been on there. Maybe just, side Jordan James. Yeah, be, I think it's got to be him. Um, and then, you know, but again, Pons and Fulgerson were absolutely inconsistent. Sydney just mentioned it, but like that doesn't, but they were necessary. Like, how do you not start them either? Right. How do you not play them? It's just, but I mean, you definitely had a lot of guys that you could look to, and I just don't know, for whatever reason, there was nothing. There was nothing there to. We thought we were going to be deep. We talked about it going into this year. We thought Tennessee was going to be very, very deep, and uh, going to have a lot of options to look to, but just weren't for whatever reason. Just weren't able to find. Josiah Jordan James ended up being your your sixth man because he just played better coming off the bench at one point. Uh, I don't know. It just never felt right. And I'm a Rick, I'm a Rick Barnes guy. I'm not like saying this to be like go far, Rick Barnes. I'm just saying, I think the, I, it would be hard to say he didn't mismanage this team. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think the um, Josiah Jordan James, Keon Johnson, and uh, Jaden Springer, I feel like all three of those players are very similar in their skill set. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Keon Johnson is probably more athletic than both of those guys. Um, Josiah Jordan James is a better rebounder, but they all three like to fill up the stat sheet and – Neither one of them were great shooters. And what the only I don't think you necessarily needed a great shooter out of one of them. I think what you needed out of one of them was a guy who would go to the hole. That's what you needed out of one of them. Because you had Viscovi who can spot up with the best in the country. Um yeah. Victor Bailey Jr., whatever you know we want to say. I and mean, that's another guy. If we're gonna sit here and talk about like John Ferguson needs to leave, I mean you you can't say Victor Bailey Jr. should stay then. Um, I mean, guys like that, you, I mean, you should but Victor Bailey Jr. is one of your better shooters. It's just he didn't give you enough on any given night. But, I mean, right. I like to think, though, too, if you had a guy that was being aggressive and going to the rim, those guys that are guarding Victor Bailey are, have to leave him so he gets more open looks. I mean, it, it just like I feel like it all boiled down to is Tennessee wasn't aggressive enough. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes the talent doesn't mesh. I mean, you saw that with Kentucky this year. Um, You know, sometimes it just doesn't work for you for whatever reason. Um, I I don't think Tennessee really got the play that they wanted from Pons or Fulgerson. Um, So I I feel like, you know, no one on this team was an alpha. No, no. I mean, that's – yeah, no one had a – when things were going wrong, balls in my hand, I'm going to go make a play. No one had that. Yeah, because as a freshman, you know, when you have that senior leadership, you know, you looked at those guys when, you know, Tom's – when it's late in the shot clock at the end of the game, you know, you're, you're looking for a senior to step up and make a play. And Tennessee didn't get that. And I think it's hard for a freshman to take on that role when you have that senior, senior leadership. Yeah. And, and unfortunately it was going to have to be one of them because like you said, and and I mean, that's also like, that that should have just been a known thing on this team. Pons has been here for four years and he's not a scorer. You you know, you can't go to him. Fulgerson just, Again, folky, I'm a folky guy, but like it, when there's points that need to be scored, you can't throw it into the low post with Fulkerson. And then he's not going to beat somebody off the dribble and go score. Right. Um, so, I mean, it was going to have to be – is Viscovi fast enough to, to beat somebody off the dribble? I, I don't know. Um, but, I mean, so it was going to have to be one of those freshmen. Um, and I think that should have just been a known thing. And I think they were both plenty talented enough to do it. And I know it's a hard task to ask for a freshman, but – um, I mean, I think we're letting, you know, we like, is it on, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it is on Rick Barnes, but not, he's a head coach, not getting it right. But those guys had to be, um, I mean, I, I think aggressive is the right word, but just more intentional. Mm-hmm. They talked about jump passing a lot. I mean, it seemed like Jaden Springer, a lot of what he was doing was, you know, he would he would stop and then find out what to do after that. He, there wasn't a real goal sometimes, and yeah, he he scored a lot doing it. Sure, you know there were a lot of times he he could pull up from ten feet and score, and, that, and that's great. But it also doesn't do a whole lot. And it, if if I'm asked to defend a ten footer the whole game, gladly, gladly. Vescovi only knows how to pass when he's in the air. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of our guys <laughs> do. All of our guys pass in the air, and it's it's amazing that they do. It's, it must be that, uh, you know, don't say, like, I'm not going to do that because then like, that's what you're thinking about. Because mm-hmm. that's all Rick Barnes and um, Kim English talked about the back half of the season is you do not jump. To, like, you can jump to make a pass, but do not jump to find a pass. And it's right. like that's all our team did in the back half of the season was, was right. jump to find a pass. 
Turnovers. I'm excited to get Kenny Chandler in. I, I think he'll be the aggressor that, that Tennessee needs. I, I think – I mean, just look at – we want to talk about being aggressive. Just look at Jordan Bone, a guy who wasn't as talented as Jaden Springer or Keon Johnson, but because he was aggressive, he created so much. Yep. Created so much. Open things up for shooters, the post. Um, it, it's amazing how important a point guard is, but Tennessee really just didn't have one this past season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so some other transfer guys real quick. Um, you got the center for Georgetown. I have his name written down, but there's no way I'm going to be able to pronounce it, so I'm not even going to try to botch it. Um, he averaged 12 and 8 on the season. Noah Locke, um, the Florida guard. He's another one. Jalen Cohn is one. I don't know if they've actually reached out to him, but he went to Virginia Tech. He's a point guard. I don't know if they get, would want to eat when they have Kenny Chandler coming in here, but he was um, – I think it was between us and, and Virginia Tech when he decided to go to Virginia Tech. And then um, I think the Powell kid from Auburn is another one. They've reached out to so many. I think – Yeah, I, I think Tennessee's name has been linked with every single transfer. <laughs> Yeah, because they're like, oh, you know, we're going to throw our name in the hat. And what's good for Tennessee is they've had recent success mm -hmm. where, you know, people are going to pick up the phone. And I think a lot of people have mentioned, like, I think it's known that, like, Tennessee's a, like a, a specific type of player away from, from being there. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, the football program, all those kids aren't going to pick up the phone when, when Tennessee comes calling. No. Um, but with, with the recent success of the basketball program, I think you have to, you know, pick up the phone and, and at least hear what they have to say because, you know, this preseason, um, you know, the, the accolades and things like that, I, I think this is a program that's going to continue to be in the top half of the SEC year in and year out, probably right. the top three. It should be anyway. Mm -hmm. um, with the talent you have coming in. So hopefully new. Yeah. it's going to be a lot of new faces. Um, a lot of new faces. With how many people you have leaving and you're going to replace all those scholarship players. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting how Tennessee kind of comes together. Yep. Uh, I want to mention – yeah, no, for sure. I want to mention one thing before we move away from basketball because Chris commented – uh, I think what drove me nuts was the sheer amount of mid-range jumpers. I do want to say this. It's not the amount of mid-range jumpers that bothered me. It is the amount of mid-range jumpers early in the shot clock Contested. that bothered me. Contested early in the shot clock. Mid-range jumpers are okay. In fact, if you're really good at mid-range jumpers, you're going to be a really good basketball team. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, Alabama probably would have beat UCLA if they could make a couple mid-range jumpers. Anyway, UCLA, that's all they, that's all they do. So it's just – it's I mean, but they're consistent with it. It's the ones that come early in the shot clock that bother me because most of the time, unless you're shooting a wide-ass open mid-range jumper, you're settling because you should be able to get to the hole or you should be able to drive and kick and find someone with a, a higher percentage shot in terms of what it's worth. Um, let's get analytical a little bit. Let's have some fun. But mid-range jumpers don't bother me. Mid-range jumpers early in the shot clock are what absolutely – drive me insane it's it, it's it's like throwing a it's like throwing a check down route before even seeing if your your first option was there yeah and mid-range jumpers are okay if you have some guys that can rebound but when you don't have any guys that rebound it, yeah. you're one and done right um you know it, it was okay for tennessee to take a contested mid-range jumper at times with grant and admiral and kyle alexander because you had guys that can get an offensive rebound last year you did Again, contested mid-range 
isn't terrible. Early in the shot clock, contested mid-range jumpers, I will burn you at the stake. That's stupid. Quit doing it. Yeah, I'd really just shoot a three. Especially when you have your guy beat. When you have your guy beat and you pull up to shoot a mid-range jumper, you should be yanked out of the game immediately. A lot of our guys did it. I won't name names, but one guy specifically did it a lot, and it drove me insane. Insane. Yeah, if you're going to shoot mid-range jumpers, you got to make more than you miss. <laughs> yes. Percentage got to be high. Oh, all right. A little rant there. Sorry. Um, let's jump over to the it. let's jump over to the good stuff. Fall baseball. Went hey, over, and tomorrow's over. opening day, baby. I'm, I'm ready okay. to go. Yeah, tomorrow is opening day. You're right. Well, April, well, April, uh, spring has sprung, if you will. Yeah, I might go take some grounders. You know. Oh Maybe. yeah. I don't think I could hit anymore because, like, I could like soft toss and stuff. But like, oh, how do we get over to to take some BP? Like, how does that? How how do we get on that? Oh, we can do it. Okay. Oh, you're talking about Lindsey Nelson. I mean, anywhere. Yeah, Lindsey Nelson. I mean, we're not going to mess up their field, so that's a good point. That's a good point, Landon. It's a good point. I, I might have to to check it out. We'll, we'll, Okay, I don't Chad think Zerker's over baseball operations. So I'm I, the ball's in your court, Chad. Or, ball's or, in your court, Chad. Let's. I, I mean, I I could never for multiple reasons. Um, I'll leave those reasons up to your all's imagination. I want to know how many times it would take someone who could hit the ball well. How many times it would take to copy the um, Drew Gilbert home run that bangs off the pole? You said one in a million. Is that what you said? Yeah. They, I, I'm going to go with more than a million. I don't think well, it can we ever be dude, done again. Dude, dude perfect? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think it can ever be done again. I would like to um, to do like the, the batting kind of stances and, and like their, uh, their rituals. I feel like I, I could mimic some of those. Uh, Jake Rucker, since I've watched him for three years, he always like – like right before he he's gets a little steps yeah. in the box, yeah, gets a little little action like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe we can take some BP. I'd love to take some grounders. <laughs> okay. I, I think I think the I don't think my hitting would be good, but dude, I can still fill it with the best of them. I, I don't think I'd be good at anything. I know I wouldn't, but I'd look good in pants. I'd look good in baseball pants. I know there that. you go. Yeah. So uh, roll it up in the middle. Yeah, I that that's it. I I, I can look good. And looking good's half the battle. That's that's the thing. Are are you are you a um, you like to pull your pants up or do you like to have them all the way down? Oh yeah, we're we're pulling them up. We're okay. rolling. Are you, you you rolling them up, showing be- the stirrups? Yep. No, no, I'm no. Not, I'm not a big no. You're a Yankees guy, and no. I'm not a big. Classic. I can't pull it off. I feel like that's a classic Yankees look. Am I wrong? Uh, Jeter didn't do it. Some guys do it. Some guys don't. Jeter didn't do it. Get out of here. No, Jeter did do it. Get out of here. I'm telling hey, you, I can, judge I, can does still, it, I can still field with the best of them. Okay. Landon waving his glove over around. Get your victory cap out, and let's talk about their win over Western Carolina. I got to get that. Oh, my God. Look at him. He's not even prepared. I brought the Are you glove, a doubter? man. I'm, I can only get one crop at a time. You should rally cap it in that case. You should rally cap it. One prop at a time. How, so, how many – how many home runs is the team going to end with this year? I mean, I feel like the the bats are popping right now. 
I was like, I didn't know if you're – oh, there we, we go. More. We're back on. We uh, yeah, oh, we definitely want more. I'm not settling. I said, how many are we going to end with? Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to the end of the season. Hey, just keep them coming, baby. We'll count them up at the end. We're not going to worry about it right now. I, I'm, I'm a big running tally guy. Okay. Like we, need you, we need to get you a whiteboard there to, to just keep tally. It's going to be need to be a big whiteboard. Yeah, your mic cut out on me, I think, unless you're not talking. But, yeah, if you can hear me <laughs> right there behind you on your left shoulder, I'm thinking, thinking rally cap. I don't know, Landon. I'm sorry, man. Victory cat. Or the, yeah, oh, there we go. Nope. I can hear you plugging and unplugging. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. I don't know what to do. I, I'm lost. Um, rally cat right. gets we're another. Back. We're back. Perfect. Look at you. Okay. It was the problem, man. You made me. You made me. I know. Everything up. <laughs> I said the victory yeah. cat got another one. Just bombs away. Just tallying it up right here. That'd be great. Yeah, it's going to need to be a big board, though, I think. I'll just put it on the wall. Perfect. Okay. All right. I mean, I'll let Raven <laughs> take that one. <laughs> <up for you. laughs> I can't comment. But yeah, I took care of business last night. Um, and we're ranked number all the way up to number six in a poll. Yep. It feels good, man. It does. I mean, uh, when, when's the last time? I guess basketball was ranked number one. Football was ranked... In preseason, 2016. preseason, yeah. Oh, rank? Are you talking about ranked or like where? Like, yeah, yeah, like, like, like being in the season and ranked. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay. There's just a different feeling about it. It's it's nice to yeah. cheer for a program that's ranked in the top ten. Um, so yeah, business as usual last night. Got the win over Western Carolina. Uh, opened the game up, scored in the first inning. Uh, they hit a two-run bomb, and that dude crushed. <laughs> I mean, he was like six seven, batting four hundred. Uh, Legends of Lindsay kept okay. calling him Sasquatch. Um, I like that. He was he was a large individual. Um, <laughs> he was a terrible catcher, but he, man, he could he got he got a hold of that one ball. He played um, catcher. Yeah, for like half the game, and then they switch. Yeah, his and, knees were probably killing him. <laughs> Right. Oh, well, that that's why Vitello he they actually moved Max Ferguson up to the the front of the lineup because they know if he got on base he was going to be able to steal because they weren't they actually threw him out yeah. once but yeah, he had like five stolen bases last night. <laughs> um, and then Tennessee hit three home runs in the game. You mentioned that that little bomb tally put three up there. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> freshman outfielder Kyle Booker got the start. Last night, and uh, he smoked one um, right over the the wall in um, in right center. And uh, Russell hit one again. Hit his fourth home run in three games since Saturday. Since Saturday, he's yeah, hit, he's hit four home runs since Saturday. Right. Um, and, and then Jake Rucker hit one. I think in the eighth. Um, it was a three run shot. It was a moonshot. Um, <laughs> Kyle Booker, Kyle Booker. Um, I mean, it seems like in these midweek games, Tennessee's always getting something out of somebody who doesn't normally start. Um, Trey Lipscomb had a great game against Eastern Kentucky last week, and then Kyle Booker um, had a great game. It was two for four, had three RBIs. I mentioned that solo shot he had in his first at bat, his second at bat, he hits one, um, smokes one down the the first baseline, and uh, 
It's a two-run RBI single. Jake Rucker was one for four, four RBIs. Um, somebody mentioned, though, Jake Fitzgibbon coming in in relief, um, mm-hmm. pitching three and a third innings, um, one hit, zero runs, and four strikeouts. He, he was phenomenal. Yeah, that's uh, a great he's, outing. He's kind of struggled in his – you know, past couple of outings, but he really found it. Um, you know, I think Vitello mentioned that he was kind of out during the off season, so good to kind of get him back, get him back on track. You know, hopefully he's a, a player they can utilize in that bullpen a little bit um, down right. the stretch. Yeah, I mean that's just going to be that's going to be nice for Tennessee to develop that that deeper bullpen, um, especially as they get into this will be what will this be the third SEC series. Yes, yes, third SEC series. We're a five and one the SEC right now. Um, traveling to Tuscaloosa, Alabama is one and five in the SEC right now. But that one win then is over number one Arkansas. That's the, <laughs> see that, that, that's where you see the record. You're like, oh crap, they're terrible. Right. But they've played the number two and number three teams in the country per D1 baseball um, so far this season. They got that win 16 to one on the first night, too. Like they they, they did that on on Friday night to open up SEC play. So that's got to be quite the uh, disappointment there for for Alabama so far. But yeah, I mean, they played Arkansas and Ole Miss. So that's also needs to be mentioned. Right. Yep. You know, you, you can't really hang your hat on that record. I, I think this is a pretty decent team. I think they're. Um, when the projections came out about the regionals, Tennessee was, you know, hosting, um, and I think Alabama was a three seed. So, you know, this is probably going to be a regional team. I I think they're plenty capable of giving Tennessee some fits. I, you know, they can score 16 runs against the number one team in the country. I don't know where it came from, but it it was an outburst that, yeah, yeah, apparently it's in the record books. Um, I didn't watch it, so I didn't actually see it, but um, maybe there's a typo. I don't know. Fair point. But, uh, yeah, got to go to Tuscaloosa. That's what sucks. Um, Another weekend. You know, I've been super impressed with Tennessee's pitching, and that's something I I thought would probably be um, a weakness. But, man, they – they strike out a bunch of guys, and they don't walk hardly anybody. Um, you know, they're consistently th- consistently throwing strikes, um, giving the defense a chance to to get them out, and uh, you know that that's pretty much all you can ask for with, with the right. pitching staff. Uh, so Tennessee, let's see what do we look it up. This will be their first time starting off with three SEC series wins since two thousand six. Is that right? We looked it up on Sunday. What is it? Six? I think it was two thousand. Ah, dang it! You asked me now, or you you got me questioning now. I'd have to look it up again. Why'd you do that to me, man? I thought it was two thousand two. Was it two thousand two? That may be right. Because I thought we were we were saying it wasn't even the college series. College. Okay, series that two. may have been right. Yes, that is right. You are right. Okay. About that. Yep. Yep. So it's before two thousand five. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Chad Brown says, Chad Cheese Dallas is a stud. He is a stud. There's a lot of studs on this team, too. I mean, you know, I mentioned that, I think, last week. I mean, this team is just taking the form of their head coach, and they're just – none of them shy from the moment. They freaking it's, love dude, this spotlight. It's the attitude, man. That's what I love, the attitude that they carry. 
It's just yep. so much. It's, it's so much fun. I love to see it. Absolutely. Um, and then you get guys like Kyle Booker who, you know, really hasn't had an impact. And then, you know, he's your best player in the game. Um, right. It's just crazy that they have this amount of talent on on, on that roster. Um, and it's been super fun to watch. And uh, hopefully down the stretch, we'll, it'll just improve. And uh, we'll keep winning some series. And then, man, if Tennessee can host a regional, that's going to be so awesome. Yeah, also, hopefully, hopefully things are back. At, I I don't know how they get to full capacity, but man, would that be fun for a regional? We'll just, we'll just we'll just break the rules for that that series. Could they? I mean, could they? Like, do how? See, I feel like it'd be nice. It would be very very nice to have because it probably has to do with like the NCAA and SEC like attendance rules. So I feel like if they were able to like move it to like a venue that wasn't associated with the SEC, like uh, division or a Double um, A baseball park in downtown Knoxville, like wouldn't that be awesome? That'd be sick. That would be that would be the that'd be the perfect. Like I'm in the boat of Tennessee. Like you know, I think some people are tweeting at you. They're like, no, Tennessee doesn't need a facility. That Double A is being built for the Smokies. No, Tennessee needs an on-campus facility. It's yeah, the University of Tennessee. They shouldn't be playing their home games at a park that they have to um, lease out. Like that should not be how Tennessee has to do it. Tennessee, right. you're not going to put a, you're not going to change out signs. And Lindsey you know, Lindsey Nelson has history at it, right? Yeah. You just need you need to improve it to where the history also matches where Tennessee is at now. Right, I agree. And it needs to be improved. It's that simple. I, I think it could be a great ballpark if you just modernized it. If you just put some kind of effort into it, it could be a phenomenal ballpark. Uh, and the turf, I, I, I said it when they got the turf. It sucks because it just doesn't feel like baseball. Like baseball is played on grass and dirt. And But at the same time, it's like if Tennessee gets more games in, who the hell cares? Like they wouldn't have played at all this week. They probably wouldn't have played last night if they had, if they had real grass. Right. So yeah, it, would, it would have been a mud hole for sure. So the turf is what it is. Like that's at least it looks good, um, and they get to play. Um, so that that's good. But yeah, you just need to need to improve the facilities that are there. Because um, like I said, there's there's history at Lindsey Nelson. It's not like it's it's a it. They don't need to be playing at a, at a sure. I, I mentioned it with the Vol Classic. Like it'd be awesome to play the Vol Classic there. That they were they tried to play at Lindsey Nelson a couple years ago. That ended up getting moved to mm-hmm. like yeah. That would be a great time to do that. Maybe they could have something like the, um, you know, they traveled to the Round Rock Classic in Texas a couple of years ago. Like, sure, that would be, a, you know, if you're able to get enough teams there, you could even play a game at each. That's a fantastic opportunity for the venue. But it shouldn't be your home state. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It, it would be a nice place to, to do a couple games. Um, but, yeah, you don't want to be changing out signs and, and not really making it your own. Right. Um, you know, you want that home field advantage. Is that really going to? be your home if you have to change out signs and banners um you can't really paint it anything orange or anything like that so it it just wouldn't have the same feel for me no um and i I think tennessee's atmosphere has been great this season i think it's you know obviously you want it at full capacity but i think you know the legends of lindsey nelson the deck the porch you know i think tennessee the lindsey nelson's been pretty loud yeah. Um, I would like to see it, you know, you know, the facility is a little bit better. You know, you look at Florida and Ole Miss and Arkansas, you know, those, you know, they're seating all the way around that stadium. 
Right. Um, and hopefully Tennessee's able to get there one day because that, that just, you know, brings a whole different feel uh, to baseball when you, when you have something like that. Yeah, and I don't even need, like, seats. I don't need a stadium all the way around. I'm a big berm guy. Get, can we get a berm in the, in, the, in the outfield or at least a porch? Like, can, we need something on the right field wall, something. Yeah, I think there needs to be something, like, down the the third baseline, uh, I think it needs to be extended all the way down. Like you should be able to walk all the way around the stadium if you want to. That's what yeah, I want. I'd agree with that. Yeah, but yeah, as far as I don't, need, I don't need seats. I'm a big grass guy. Give us the grass. Give us a cheap. In fact, I've already thrown it out there. I'll reiterate it. There needs to be like a. I'll walk up every single night. I can pay five dollars to get into a game because if you want fans there, not in and not out. There needs to be seat, seat options like that. I can pay $5. I can go to the berm, drink cheap beer, and watch Tennessee baseball and get rowdy as I want to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd be great. I'd love it. That's I mean, the, that, that's that's what makes minor league baseball so, exactly. so great um, is you have stuff like that. You know, the promotions and, and things like that yeah. make it, you know, so much better than what it probably actually is. No, for sure. I mean, there's not a lot of – yeah, there are people who are, are avid minor league baseball guys who, who go to go to those games to, to watch their favorite players or, you know, favorite minor league teams. But the majority of people there are there because they're just – like it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a social. Yeah, it's a yeah. – they're there for the deal or there because it was cheap and, they, you know, they like going to live sporting events kind of deal. So mm-hmm. – um, and, and – Chris mentioned it. He said, Landon, one thing about Florida, their national baseball power, UT is getting back to that. That's our point about the facilities. Tennessee needs to – right now their facilities don't say we're serious about baseball. Right. Um, and the fact is, is, is Tennessee needs to get serious about it. And another – and, like, I think the fan following has been decent up to this point, and I think it's getting better with Tony Vitello. But no fans want to go necessarily to Lindsey Nelson right now because we talk like the things we talked about, like it's not a great facility. Um, you know, there's not a lot of seating options. There's not a lot of, especially this year, which is totally different, but it more has to do with the limited seating, not so much like the actual stadium, but seats are like $99. Um, but there's not like a cheap option night in, night out. Tennessee needs to match that. The university of Tennessee and whether, you know, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a person of like, like uh, when you look at sports across the board and we'll actually kind of talk about this NCAA, you, you earn your keep. So like, you know, has Tennessee baseball necessarily earned all of that right now? No, but they're going to earn that in the future. If, if you can keep Vitello around and you're not going to keep Vitello around if you don't make a financial commitment to the facilities and the program right now. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's gotten a lot better since, you know, I, I've been going to games, you know, you have the deck that's new this year. Um, that's added a different field, the MVP seating, for season ticket holders is, you know, a lot better than what it was a couple years ago. So they're, they're getting there slowly, but like um, Chris mentioned about Florida, it, it's hard to go to Florida and recruit somebody and be like, hey, come to Tennessee, and they go to a game here, and they see the atmosphere. Yeah, it's cool, blah, blah, blah. But then they go to Florida, and it's like a freaking major league stadium. Yeah. You know, it, it's hard to compete with that. So I think if you if you want to compete with these programs year in and year out, you're going to have to get some upgrades um, going. And I think Tennessee could be a, a powerhouse because you know, like Tony Vitello mentioned, Knoxville is a sleeping giant for baseball. People love right. baseball. I mean they they drive what thirty minutes up the road to 
Kodak and, and watch <laughs> the Smokies that they don't really have any ties to. If they, you know, made the had the promotions, had the seating, had the, you know, the that stadium, that like national stadium feel, you, you would get because people were tied to Tennessee. People would come here in a yeah, heartbeat. No, for sure. You've already got you the orange. You've already filled that stadium. Yeah, and that's another thing too. When I talk about making the financial commitment kind of ahead, like you have the fan base. Uh, Tennessee fans will support anyone in Orange. I mean, that's just the way Tennessee is, and it's anyone in Orange. Um, mm-hmm. So you have the fan base, like you mentioned, and then you also have that baseball fan base that are, that are just baseball diehards that'll drop thirty minutes to Kodak that you need to grab. And but I mean, yeah, you you have to you have to keep Tony Vitello. You have to keep Tony Vitello and. Um, what like what are you gonna do when the good programs, when the national powerhouses come knocking? Because there's only so much money you can pay the guy. Like the other teams can pay him too. So what right. are you gonna do to keep him around? It's gonna take more than money in his pocket. Yeah, you, you got to be able to compete with the with them other other than salary. Yeah, like so you, it's got to be facilities. Um, you, you got to keep him competitive in and recruiting. And, yeah, more than just facility, it's got to be commitment to the baseball program, right? And so it, Dan- if your commitment is like, here's money, and we'll stay out of the and Danny Watts staying out of the way, I don't think they'd have a problem with that. I, I, I agree to an extent, but I think if you're going to look at places where the athletic department is big in baseball, Florida, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, in the SEC, uh, Arkansas, I think it's going to take more than just the hey. It's your program. You got it. I think it's going to take Danny White going out and fundraising specifically for that baseball facility. Oh, I agree. I agree. He, I, he's got to make a, a commitment to the baseball program. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I don't think this – I don't think he needs to do like a huge – try to sell this program because right. I, I think the program will sell itself. You, you right. just got to, you know, upgrade the facilities, and I think it's there because you're already competing with them on the – on the field, you know, tickets are selling out within minutes, right? Because people want to see this team play. Um, you know, right now it, it's it's more difficult because you have that limited capacity. Right, supply demand's working in Danny White's favor right now. <laughs> but you know, uh, imagine how much money you could make if you did have seating all around the stadium. Right. You know, if yeah. you're at full capacity and you're selling out tickets, you know, imagine how many tickets that you could have sold if you just had that extra seating. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah, I mean, no, with UT, yeah, football facilities absolutely take precedence. But I mean, like, how much? Like, let's be honest. And, and I think this, you know, goes into how much you know, you know, guys like Jay Billis, you know, bitch and moan about facilities. How much better can UT's facilities, football facilities, honestly get? Like, at what point are we going to be just be like logical human beings and be like, okay, let's address some other needs? Tennessee's basketball facilities. Like, how much better can those facilities actually get? Like, at what point are you going to try and? And I mean. I don't even think Tennessee's baseball baseball facilities are like – it's not like they're playing out in the dirt. They're not abysmal. But when you compare it to Neyland, when you compare it to Thompson Bowling Arena, I mean, hell, when you compare it to, to Regal Soccer Stadium, it, I mean, it's just – it's not – it's not there. And, and I mean, I, I don't know a, a whole lot about – I'll be honest, I don't know about a whole lot about the softball facility, but I know it, it looks really good and they play a lot of regionals there and people love traveling to Knoxville to watch softball. Yep. You know, I think it it has been difficult for coaches. Luckily, you get a home run hire in Tony Vitello where he's able to 
grow this program up to this point without having those huge facilities because most most coaches couldn't do it. Right. Make the commitment to them. That's our point. Make the commitment yep. to Tony Vitello. Upgrade the facilities and do it after Tennessee sweeps Alabama. It's tell Alabama this week that we're not going to be, just beat you on the field. We're also going to beat you in the in the arms race of facilities. Suck it. Suck it. <laughs> I don't care how many Mercedes-Benz dealerships Nick Saban has. Remind me to uh, say the name Nick Saban after the broadcast because I've got to I got to mention something to you. Don't let me forget. Okay, you're gonna laugh. I can't wait to like hear you do that laugh. It's gonna be fun. Um, <laughs> all right, I, uh, upgrade him. March Madness. Let's get into some NCAA basketball. Land is not happy with Michigan. God, they suck. Screw Michigan. I hate them. I hate them so much. But like, aren't you also like? Like, isn't it at least like it, this has been this has been a very, very fun uh, March Madness. And I, I think I mentioned this to you maybe Sunday or last Wednesday. Is it because I just haven't you know, I didn't get it last year. Is it because like, why do I feel that way? This is actually after UCLA's win over Michigan. This has had the most upsets of all time. This March Madness. And it and it's crazy. Like the, the brackets were busted pretty much day one. But you were like, what, one? You made two free throws that they miss at, at the end of the first half. If you know he makes two of those, you could have three one seeds in the final four. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I would have had the entire. No, I no, 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 that's not true. I had Alabama going in, so never mind. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, that would have been nuts. That, that's a good point. So it would have had still some of the most upsets of all time mixed with three number one seeds. So that would have been even crazier. Yeah. I feel like that, that is, that is wild to me that you have two, one seeds, a two seed and an 11 seed in the final four. Well, and it, you know, I listen all day that, you know, who, who's the biggest threat to Gonzaga and everybody was saying Michigan, 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 Michigan. Um, good Lord. That was terrible. Gonzaga I mean, 50% from the free throw line. I'm not sure. Gonzaga's good, and I don't think anybody's going to beat him. Gonzaga's very good. I just, I mean, hey, is UCLA the team of destiny? I don't know. Do we believe in destiny? Isn't that the the craziest thing that Rick Barnes would have been there? Nuts. I mean – Because they play the same – you know, it's it's gritty, it's defense, and contested mid-range jumpers, but they just have guys that can knock them down. Don't you kind of, like, feel bad for Rick Barnes that he is catching not, not only flack for Tennessee underperforming, but he's also catching flack for UCLA overperforming? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, they would. Like, every, every time I've seen it be mentioned, like, in SEC country, they're always like, UCLA, great run. Wouldn't have happened if Rick Barnes is there. <laughs> I'm like, dang. I mean, just no reason. I mean, it's and it's hilarious. it's hard to argue. Like, what do you <laughs> no, have to argue about? <laughs> no, but it's also like, I mean, the, there's no point to it, right? Like, you, you'll never know. But yeah, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, you, you get you get the best of uh, both worlds with Rick Barnes there. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, uh, Josh Hickman mentioned Baylor just knows how to close games. I've been saying that all year, so 100% agree. Gonzaga hasn't had to play many close games. They have not had to play many close games, but I think that I think there's also something to say about that winner's mentality that um, is tough to replicate. They know how to win. 
and win big. And they and they also know how to win big, yeah. So I mean, I, I, yeah, I think Baylor has the ability to just crush teams in the final couple minutes. Um, but yeah, I mean, Gonzaga knows how to win, and, and they. Hey, they both have to win on Saturday to even have this discussion. And, hey, I will say it, known Houston hater, I'll eat my words. I thought Houston was a fraud. They are not frauds. They also, oh, had, a pretty, uh, they also had a pretty easy road to, to the Final Four. I will, I will acknowledge that. But you still had to win the games. I picked them to lose in the second round to Rutgers, I think. I did, too. I did, too. Um, and then I had I had Michigan State beating UCLA in the first game. But the good news basketball. is I had Michigan State go into the round of 32. And since I filled out the bracket on ESPN before the playing game, it yeah. had it as UCLA. So I technically got that right if you want to be, you know, super technical about it. But what you're banking good? on Michigan State. 100%. 100%. <laughs> I won't lie here. I'm not here to fret. I will let you all know that I won $100 on a teaser last night, so suck it. Did you put 30 on it? Oh, yeah, I did. Dang, I wish I would have. Dude, that, just, that seemed like the, big, like the best. I'm so glad Dylan sent it because I wouldn't have put it together on my own. But like, looking at it, I was like, that is like that should be DraftKings no-brainer. Yeah. It just seemed like a no-brainer to me. I don't, I don't know. It was good. Yeah, I wish I would have put more money on it. I would have actually won quite a bit of money last night. But Michigan. Screw you, Michigan. man. Oh, my God. All right, so who, who's playing? Do you, I, I had – in my bracket, I have Gonzaga and Baylor playing in the in the championship. I is, that, is that who you're, you're going with? You're still riding with it? Or do yes. you, think, you think Houston somehow figures it out? Like no. figure, When I say figures it out, figures it out to beat Baylor. No? no not I a chance? I mean, I'll probably be wrong because I'll probably bet on it, but I just – I don't see either one. Like, I don't see Baylor beating Gonzaga right now. I picked Baylor to win just because Gonzaga is a favorite. I just didn't think they would just run through the NCAA tournament without, you know, slipping up one game. But the fact that they don't really have an inside presence and they dominated USC the way that they did, it's just, I, I don't see anybody beating them. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So, I want to know, it, maybe, you know, maybe fun fact, and it's probably happened a lot more than I'm letting on. So Waco, I just looked it up. Waco and Houston are only three; they're three hours away. Like, what is the closest distance two schools have been in the Final Four? I mm. I feel like three hours has got to be close to the the record, has, right? Has well, Duke in North Carolina have yeah, but have close. they met? In the, have they met in the Final Four? Like, and if they have, how uh, often? I, like, I feel like typically they would get put on opposite sides of the bracket. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, they would obviously be the closest. I mean, they're what a mile away, <laughs> right? Tobacco Road. Um, yeah, I guess that would be Tennessee and Vanderbilt. And I ain't ever meet <laughs> in the Final Four. <sighs> Man. Uh, oh, ooh, Louisville and Kentucky. How close are they? They've got to be closer than three hours. How far is Michigan and Michigan State? I think they're. I think East Lansing is pretty far from. Uh, pretty far. Okay. Yeah, I think. I mean, again, three hours though. I mean, it's got to be close. Right. Um, let's see. So apparently, in the eighty-three year history of the Final Four, only seven times has two teams from the same state made the field. I made the field though. I'm asking if they played each other. Hmm. 
Yeah, that's the, I feel like the difference there. Because um, like you mentioned, I mean, Duke and North Carolina probably have before. Uh, hmm. Trying to figure it out for you guys real quick, because I think that's an interesting question. I mean, I think it's interesting that, you know, for two teams to make the Final Four regardless from the same state. So uh, that would be pretty crazy if they played in the championship. Obviously, they can't. They're on the same side of the bracket playing each other already. But mm, all right, well, I'm going to look that up after. I don't have enough time. How far is UCLA and USC from each other? That one was mentioned. They're not not far from each other. Uh, I mean, they're both L.A., but so now driving distance, that's got to be what, like four or five hours? Yeah, through traffic. <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's a long <laughs> trip. Um, so, yeah, that's a. Uh... All right. Sorry. NCAA tournament. Anything else you want to mention before we move on? That's all I got. Um, I think Baylor and Gonzaga, and then I probably have Gonzaga, even though I picked Baylor. Okay. Fair. There. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Gonzaga. I pick Gonzaga to win it all. Undefeated, best season. Do it. Ride it. Mm. Just makes it just makes sense. It's hard to argue. I also just put it up stupidity is an epidemic. Uh, as I was saying that, so you guys can clip that me saying that with stupidity is an epidemic on the screen and use it. Free use. I, I encourage it. In fact, um, I am gonna skip because guys, we've kept you here for a while. We'll, we'll talk about NCAA compensation. Hopefully, we know more. Um, by the time we get to it, we talked about it a lot on the show though, too. So it's not like people don't know our opinions um, on the, on the issue. Um, okay. Stupidity is an epidemic. What you got for me? I hope your mic didn't just go out again. Yeah. Your mic went out on me, man. <laughs> I'm so sorry. There you go. Maybe. Nope. I've heard you for a second there. Um, yep. There you go. My first one is, um, I, it's the refs, man. The NCAA refs. I just do not understand how you don't miss the foul to end the Baylor UConn women's game. I don't like. I'll never understand it. Gino, I just like, and it's not even like a a play where like I've I've seen the ones where I'm like, hey, just let them play. Like that. That's because I hate the fouls that like you get throughout the game, but you obviously understand that they could be called. And then they're only called in the final seconds. I hate those. But like this, the girl got absolutely abused by two people. You could have picked somebody. You could have called it on half the freaking UConn team. Yeah. Ridiculous. I, I just don't understand how you missed that. I'm sure the NCAA said it was the right call, too. They never. Good God. Um, My next one is uh Maria Taylor. And I think a lot of people did this, but she's the one I saw, so she gets called out for it. Um, so SportsCenter tweeted the graphic for the first time since 1950. Baylor is headed to the Final Four. And she said Baylor men's because the women won the title in 2019. The graphic specifically says 2020 men's NCAA tournament. Wait, will you read that for me again? So SportsCenter tweeted for the first time since 1950, Baylor is headed to the Final Four. She said Baylor men's. Yeah. Because the women won the title in 2019, but the graphic specifically says men's NCAA tournament. Yeah. Hmm. Got to read nice. the fine print. Got it. Got to read it. Got to <laughs> read it. I saw someone tweet the wrong graphic out today from a sports account. So, got to read it. Got to double check those graphics. Yeah. What am, I, what am I pulling up here? Hold on one second. What is this? 
Um, oh, yeah, let's not watch that. Uh, let's see. Do I have any more? That's all I got. What in the world? Did you read that Alabama reply to Vol Baseball's tweet? Uh-uh, what'd they say? Okay, I'm going to read this word for word. You break it down. Okay. This is from uh, Horace. Ain't no real sport and can't be football. Ferret mans like they held. Hop around about tapes if they wanted, but the spot was feet. Hashtag roll Todd. That was read in the correct order. I don't know, man. Did, did Farmer Fran say that? I don't. Th- I think Farmer <laughs> Fran could articulate a better sentence than that. Hey, yeah, 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 roll Todd. I mean, that's <laughs> basically what it was. My lord. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm mind blown. I'm mind blown. I you got me. <laughs> Roll to hot, I get I mean like what else do you say? Hey guys, don't implicate yourself for illegal things on Twitter, by the way. Just want to throw that out there. I just saw a screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to like don't do it. Don't tell on yourself. Don't ever tell on yourself. Deny, 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 deny. Yes, exactly. Exactly. No, that's all I got. I'm done. That's all I got too. Guys, we always appreciate you all listening. It's been a fun one. I feel like I went on a lot of rants tonight, so I'm sorry. Like my I, I feel a, I'm gonna I need I'm gonna need to drink more water. My head's kind of light. I'm lightheaded. Okay. Um, so my my head's not light. I, my head's actually pretty big and heavy, but I'm lightheaded. Um, it, it's at a uh, high altitude in Johnson City. <laughs> yeah, you move a little bit farther <laughs> north and it goes there. Uh, yeah. but it, always fun. We will be back with you. We'll actually be back Monday night, Tom. TBA. Um, we'll let you all know, but it is Easter this weekend. So happy Easter. Enjoy Easter. it. Get to spend time with friends and family safely in whatever way that means for you. Safely, yes. Just be safe. Be safe. Um, don't tell on yourself. Don't do that. Don't tell. <laughs> Also, uh, be on the lookout for the baseball shirts. Um, we will have another order ready to go here soon. I was going to do that tonight, but I, I probably won't do it tonight. So, uh, yeah, look at it. Look, look out for it tomorrow. Um, that's all we got. We're bringing the boat in, and we out. Mm-hmm.